That's a hockey, you know, it's only, it's only game. Young men expressing themselves for joy. Sick. Why do you have to be mad? These guys are jerks. It's only game. It's a cheap dirty game. It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League Stat Attack Podcast. Due to time constraints this week, I have a shorter than usual episode, but to make up for that, I have a very special guest for this week's interview, that is Ben Burnett of Average Time on Ice and the Short Shifts podcast. Before we get to that interview, let me run you through some of the goings-on in the Cupful in Game Week 19. There are now 67 teams who have qualified themselves for the Cupful 2020 playoffs. Of those 67 teams, 18 qualified last week, so let me quickly run through those. They are Severe and Joe's team of Sweden. Ben Jesserith, L.E. of Ottawa, along with Sasquatch Snipers and Oscar Meyer Wheelers in Ottawa also. Hey Macarena and Deeks of Hazard in San Jose. Bang for Your Book in Boris. Tea Pleasures Team in Frolunda. PTSD in Jokerit. The Rat Pack and Auto Draft Boys in Anton. Jake and Bake 59 in Ludwig. Von Miller High Life in William. In Melker, uh, Caribou Launchers. In Matthias, the Titanic, Fenton's Lizard Farm, and Level 3 Gnome. So with 67 teams having qualified for the playoffs, out of 108, that leaves 41 teams left to qualify in the final week, week 20 of the Cupful. That means, on average, there are over two playoff places left per division up for grabs in the final week of the season. So sure to be plenty of drama there as we move into Saturday and Sunday of game week 20. Looking back now again to game week 19 and the highest scoring team in the entire Cupful was for the third time this season which is an incredible achievement it's the Titanic who had 332.85 points and they beat their opponents in Matthias Michipalooza by 106.35 points in spite of having had six fewer player games. In fact, with 57 player games played, the Titanic averaged 5.84 fantasy points per player game last week. And with upside like that and superstars like Jonathan Huberdeau, Mika Zabanajad, Patrick Kane and Evgeny Malkin in their lineup, there's no reason to think that they won't go all the way in their playoff campaign. Now, if you think the playoff race in your division is close, maybe take a look at Tier 5 Simon last week, where two of the matchups of the week took place. Going into game week 18, there were four teams who had guaranteed their place in the playoffs and there were five teams fighting it out for the two remaining playoff spaces. Incredibly, two of the sides who were leading the charge for those two remaining spaces actually managed to win by less than a point. Fifth place Golovson beat Nurse in the semis by 264.9 to 264.35 and Maxwell's team now in sixth beat Hall Ben by 265.6 to 265.15. So incredibly, those four teams were all within about 1.3 points of each other. So now as we go into the final matchups of the season, you will see that those five teams are all still fighting for those two places. Golovson, Maxwell's team, I'm a Zucker for you, Voracek me out and Taro Tsujimoto's. And you can check out the latest and the historic standings in each of the 18 Kikupful divisions, including your own, in the Excel file that accompanies this podcast every week. Now, on Saturday afternoon, I spoke with Ben Burnett of Average Time on Ice and the Short Shifts podcast. Ben gave some really interesting insights into how he prepares for his fantasy playoffs and how he can sometimes lay off the gas a little bit in order to prepare himself better by getting in the right players and maybe saving some moves during the playoffs themselves. Here's what he had to say. 
This week's guest on the Kukupful Stat Attack podcast is Ben Burnett. Ben is the host of the Short Shifts podcast on the Keeping Carlson Network and is one portion of the Average Time on Ice crew. He's also been riding for Dauber Hockey during this season. And uh, Ben, you are very welcome to the Stat Attack podcast. Thank you so much, Mark. I am ecstatic to be here. I This has been my dream since you initiated this podcast a few months back. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's weird that it's taken this long to have either yourself or Lewis on. Um, apologies for that. I know time zones can get in the way and you guys are recording uh, so often during the week. So uh, it's really good to have you on. And I know we're doing a crossover with the Saturday streaming show after this. So uh, I'm looking forward to chatting to you for the next hour and a half or so. Yeah, absolutely. We Lewis and I started podcasting with a the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast, and that was a five day a week show. And then you know I, I used to do a few other shows as well, and people would be like, "I didn't really want to ask you to come on. Like it seems like you're you're pretty busy." I love to do this stuff though. I, I love to come on. So you know, people, if you're listening at home, you want a podcast guest, hit me up. Maybe we can make it work. Yeah, one thing I have to say to you before we start is you have a, a brilliant voice for podcasting and a brilliant voice for radio. Um, I've always found that any show you've been on, um, it's really easy to listen to you and, and really uh, enjoyable. That's so nice of you to say thank you, and it makes me feel like I did pick a good industry to work in. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. So, uh, Ben, I know most people will be familiar with your voice and be familiar with your, your content, but can you tell us a bit about you, where you're from and where you're based, and maybe if you have an NHL team that you follow? Yes, so I'm originally from the east coast of Canada. I come from New Brunswick, uh, originally from St. John. Uh, over the past few years, my life in the Cupful has been kind of wonky because my partner and I moved to South Korea for a few years, and now we're in Alberta, Canada. And then shortly, I haven't, I don't think I've said this on a podcast yet, we are about to move back to the East Coast. So I've been sort of in, uh, in transit for a lot of the last few years of fantasy seasons. Um, agnostic of that, I am a New York Rangers fan. Okay, how did that come about? Uh, so I grew up a Leafs fan, uh, was a was a diehard through my childhood and elementary and middle school, and then I kind of fell out of hockey for a few years after the first or after the 2004 lockout, and didn't really come back to it until about 2010. Uh, by that point, the thought of you know reigniting the flame with the Leafs didn't really appeal to me, um, and there was this guy named Henrik Lundqvist who <laughs> was just so amazing for the New York Rangers. The year I came back into hockey fandom they had the rangers flyers uh i believe yeah. it was the flyers the uh the road to the winter classic tv series so yes. i just decided that's the narrative i'm gonna jump onto, and i just threw it in i became a new york rangers fan at that point was that the winter classic where mike rupp did the uh salute celebration mm-hmm. yes that was uh that is sort of my genesis and this second act of my life as a as a hockey <laughs> fan so you're a New York Rangers fan. Is Henrik Lundqvist your number one Ranger? He has to be. I mean, he's the reason I became a fan, and he's just been so consistent and so good. He's the reason they were a a contender for so many years there. Um, at this point, it's it's pretty depressing, I'll be honest. Like On the one hand, it's amazing to see Shostyrkin and what he's able to do as a rookie and to know that they're kind of going from one elite goaltender if if Shostyrkin could even have half the career that Lundqvist has had, it would be amazing. But it, it's still sad watching Lundqvist, you know, be sort of relegated to this backup role. Yeah, so without even knowing that you were a New York Rangers fan, I actually watched the game last night. Um, oh, well, I watched the first two periods before I fell asleep. Um, and Igor Shostyrkin, I brought him into one of my teams last night, and he is in incredible form. 
whether or not he can keep this up obviously he can't keep up this level but if he can keep up something similar for uh, for a year or two he will be probably the most valuable goaltender in the league because what a start he has had to his career okay ben do you have any interesting facts about yourself i don't know i guess the fact that i've moved so frequently in the past couple years i did bring our cat with us to south korea so that was a bit of an adventure uh taking him from one side of the globe to the next and did you bring him back yeah oh yeah he's hanging out with me right now <laughs> cool um, how long have you been playing fantasy hockey for? So you said you fell out of love with the NHL a little bit after the lockout, mm. got back in around the turn of the last decade. Have you been playing fantasy hockey for that duration? I've been playing since about 2012 or 2013. Okay, and how many leagues are you in at the moment? So I'm in at least four that I drafted and keep up through the year. I think I have a few more like preseason drafts that I end up checking at the end of the year, but I, I'm in four that I keep track of daily. So you love drafting? I love drafting so much, but I really hate when I, you know, it's January and I have to make like three decisions in eight different leagues. So I try and keep that number short. I know, or small rather. I know you have some people on this show who end up saying they have like double digit leagues and I couldn't do it myself. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm up to, with the Cigar League now, I'm up to four, I think, and that's even pushing it. So I think next mm-hmm. year I'll try and stick to three. Um, what type of leagues are your other, your main leagues, apart from the Cupful? Uh, my other main league would be a Keeper League. It's a Keep 8. I've been in it with my buddies. That's the first league I started in back in 2012. And so I'm lucky enough to have Connor McDavid in there. I've got a pretty good team. I've got Posternock and Pedersen. And, uh, so that, that's my, those are my two main leagues, the Cupful and that Keeper. Okay, and if we can move on to the Cupful then. Your team is Tuca and Bertie. Do you want to maybe explain the name? Uh, so Tuca and Birdie was a Netflix cartoon show that happened to coincide with two players on my team, Tuca Rask and uh, Todd, uh, Ty, almost a Todd Bertuzzi, but of course, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi, um, <laughs> a bit of a throwback there. I, I had to change my name from the original because I, I initially was uh, named after Nikita Gusev. I was one of the many Kakuffle teams named after Gusev. And when I inevitably dropped him, I had to swap out from my first name. So at the moment in uh, Tier 2 San Jose, you're standing at a record of 14-4-0. I think you're pretty much guaranteed top spot in that division, barring a points miracle from somebody uh, just below you. You've secured your playoff spot. You've secured your bye in the quarterfinals. Um, You have to be happy with how your season has gone. I'm ecstatic with how it's gone, yeah. Um, I had that first half winning streak that basically catapulted me to a, a a record that's above reproach so these past few few weeks i've been able to kind of chill out and and just sort of leave a few players in ir to kind of keep players stashed on my team so that's where i'm at right now waiting for the second week of the playoffs yeah so i had kind of noticed that you hadn't made any moves since the 10th of february so there's quite a gap there since your last move and you have tony d'angelo still on ir even though he's been back a few games so you've kind of answered my next question there you're you're pretty much setting yourself up for the playoffs at this stage yeah i don't see the purpose in like gunning for more points i mean i've said this to a few few people uh that i would love to have been the the points champ in the cupful and i would love to chase it but i'm not willing to give up my my ultimate you know winning tier two i'm not willing to sacrifice that to to maximize my total points so i'm i'm yeah. sort of watching my team be mediocre ish while i have d'angelo off or whatever it is because i just i'm i'm waiting for that playoffs to start 
Yeah, so speaking of the overall standings then, you're currently 5th out of 252 teams, which is a remarkable achievement. Your lowest rank this season was 34, and you've been inside the top 10 for the last 10 consecutive weeks. You were actually number 2 for 3 weeks, um, from week 13 to week 15. You never managed to hit that top spot, but like you said, you're kind of you're, you're coasting now, waiting for the playoffs to start, and you have your eyes set on the semifinals. Yes, so I do have to say a lot of credit for this goes to Tier 1 competitor uh, Jesse Severe. Jesse actually drafted my Tier 2 team for me based on some pre-rankings and tiers that I gave him day of. I was stuck at my uncle's wedding the day of the couple <laughs> draft. It was the worst possible timing, but... I, uh, I just couldn't guarantee that I would have uh, I would have secure internet. I was out in the uh, I was out in a very rural area of Nova Scotia, so I, I had to set up that security draft by Jesse. So a lot of credit to him, and then I've been running the show uh, since the draft. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about your draft strategy, but obviously that goes out the window now. Um, in general, for your draft strategy, so outside of the couple draft which you missed this season, um, do you use value over replacement? Do you use projection kits, or do you make your own projections? How does that work? I do use value over replacement, and I can I can tell you like Jesse and I talked a lot of strategy before he drafted for me, so I definitely had a lot of say in that draft. One thing in the cupful I try and do, I try and fade goalies in all my leagues. But the other thing, I try to have one anchor defenseman. So I try and have like a in this in this case, I was able to get Roman Yossi, but you know mm-hmm. I would I typically on in the cupful I'll get a John Carlson, a, a Roman Yossi high end defenseman, and then I'll try and find value defensemen throughout the rest of the season, uh, which I was able to do this year, luckily. And then the rest of the time, I'm just looking at points. I'm trying to get the highest point players through the first several rounds. I fade goalies. We had a bit of an accident in my draft this year. I think Jesse was, I was kind of communicating with him through DMs for the first few rounds. And I think he (laughs) thought that I was, that he needed my go ahead, my approval to make a draft pick. And so okay. he was waiting for me to to give him the go-ahead to grab Mika Zibanejad in the fifth round. Oh, but, no. But I cut out, and he got stuck with an auto-pick of Tuka Rask. And yeah. Tuka Rask has been pretty good this year, but I really actually don't like him in the cupful very much. I think that having the 1A-1B split really limits his upside. It's, it's really mm. not the type of goaltender I typically try and uh, target. But it gave me kind of a uh, a new way of a new strategy for this year because I had to sort of I had to switch it up after the draft from what I would typically end up doing. So it ended up, you know, he's been pretty good for me, but I it definitely wasn't what I would normally do there in the fifth. Yeah, so I like what you were saying about fading D-men. So you, you picked Yossi in the second round, and then you didn't pick another one, or Jesse didn't pick another one on your behalf until the 13th round, I think, uh, Jared Spurgeon. And then you went Lindholm in the 15th, and have I missed one there? I think, I sorry, no. OEL you, in the 8th. Oh, OEL in the 8th, but you traded him then shortly um, shortly after the start of the season. So your only trade of the season was OEL and Johansson for uh, Tyler Bertuzzi and Ryan Pulock. How do you feel? I got That's very going? lucky with that. <laughs> okay, I got very, very lucky with that one. Um, yes. Uh, so basically, right after the draft, I reached out to my league because I had a few extra centermen and didn't really have a lot of roster flexibility. And the person who picked after me, who had picked Ryan Pulak one spot later, offered me a deal. The essentially the deal we ended up making, and I turned him down because I thought that OEL had much higher upside than Pulak. Um, cut to a week or two later, and I really regretted that. So I reached out, hey, did you want to make this swap? 
Uh, at that point, Matthew was okay with making it, or he, I think he maybe said no, and then we came back to it again a few days later. But yeah, I, I've gotten really lucky with that, as Johansson has wound up being a waiver wire level player. I mean, Bertuzzi's really cooled off as well, so it's not like I'm going to win the league off this or anything. But early on this season, that, that worked out really well for me. Yeah, the Detroit players have been really hard holes this season. I've had mm-hmm. uh, a, Th- a Thanasiu a couple of times in a couple of leagues, and you just don't know if they're going to score um, as a team. I mean, rather than uh, the individual players, they've just been so so bad. Um, it's really 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 hard to hold on to a Red Wing. Um, if I can just maybe explain to people who are listening the core of your team. So by that I mean the players who you drafted who are, who still remain from the draft. It's roughly half your team. I think it's nine out of the eighteen. Um, so you have McKinnon, uh, Yossi, uh, Patrick Laine, Tukarask, Sean Monaghan, Jonathan Taves, uh, Patrick Hornquist and David Rich. So two goalies, um, one D-man and then the remainder are forwards. Um, after that then, so you, you dropped a few of your, your draft picks quite early. Um, Brock Nelson, maybe you might have a regret there that you dropped him. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have some regrets over Brock Nelson. Um, I do still have Darcy Kemper on my IR, but yes, yes. I, he's a, he was my 17th round pick, and I am hopeful I'll get him back for the playoffs here. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so let's have a look. So you're, you're, I'd say you're a moderate streamer. You wouldn't be the heaviest of streamers, but you definitely do use streaming to your advantage. You've made 55 moves this season. Um, as I mentioned, you've taken a little bit of a break over the last week or two just to uh, prepare yourself for the playoffs. You've added 49 players, including Andre Palat three times. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably been your streamer of the season, definitely mm-hmm. your most common stream. Uh, and just... On January 13th, you missed out on Igor Shosturkin by uh, on a, a zero dollar free free agent acquisition bid. Mm-hmm. Um, you bid zero. The other person who went for him bid zero, and you lost out on waiver priority. That's got to be a kick in the teeth. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does have to be a kick in the teeth. Um, I I'm in a group chat with the other Keeping Carlson folks, and all of them have had Shostyorkin dropped back to their waiver wire in their tier a few times, just because the Rangers have kind of circulated the, that goaltending tandem, and mm. he has not hit the waiver wire once since, and he definitely isn't going to now. So I've just been angrily watching as people get him like weeks after I would have been happy to grab him, and you know I. I'm happy watching him on TV, but it's a it's a bit frustrating to have not gotten him in the Cupful for sure. Yeah, it's a pain. And New York has a has a nice schedule in the final week of the Cupful playoffs, um, so he could be valuable there, especially if there's a trade involving a New York goaltender in the next couple of days, which doesn't seem beyond the realms of possibility. Yes, I do think that they probably just roll with Georgiev Shestyorkin regardless, though. I don't think mm-hmm. that Hank is going gonna, is gonna to go anywhere. I, I don't see the money working out in season. Probably we'll wait until the playoffs to, or into the offseason to see a, a goalie move. It would be my yeah. guess. Yeah, so Hank was a healthy scratch last night for what I think might have been the first time in his Rangers mm-hmm. career. Yes, That's it's a sad, devastating. <laughs> it's a sad state of affairs. Um, mm-hmm. If I can look on a more positive note then, some of the players who you have picked up on free agent uh, acquisition. Um, you've had Tyler Toffoli, uh, Blake Coleman, Jason Zucker, William Carlson, Neil Pionk and Tony D'Angelo. Uh, Tony D'Angelo you picked up quite early in the season alongside Neil Pionk. There are two. So you mentioned earlier you like to pick up, uh, you like to fade D-men in the draft and pick them up during the season. They have got to be two of your, your better pickups this year. 
Yeah, those those have to be a couple MVPs for me. Pionk got dropped, I don't know, mid-October perhaps, and I dropped $12 on him and no one else bid. So I was <laughs> definitely calling my shot there, but I'm I'm really lucky to have Pionk and D'Angelo. Yep, they've they've given me a very solid defensive core. And you brought in Zucker 10 days ahead of his trade to Pittsburgh? Yes, so I've I've been really lucky with these players that have been traded too. I got Zucker and Toffoli, who have both been traded into better positions. Uh, the jury's definitely out on Blake Coleman. He was looking like a MVP for me in December and January, yeah. but I'm not sure that he's going to be like he's. I'm not sure that he'll be a playoff hold in Tampa. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, I guess you you need to leave it a couple of games and see how he does. See where mm-hmm. he where he where he lies in terms of deployment there. Exactly. Um, in terms of IOR, so you mentioned already you have Darcy Kemper on IOR, Philip Zadina, you've probably lost Patrick Hornquist for a little bit of the season. Have you been relatively lucky or unlucky, do you think? I mean, the big injury for me has to be Jake Gensel. Um, sure. There was a point there where I had Gensel, Kemper, and then I, I can't remember exactly, maybe Hornquist was one of the others. So I've definitely had a full IR once or twice here, but I think relatively fortunate, you know, despite... I guess I can't say fortunate because the Gensel injury is just so devastating. But yeah, it's it's not like I've been hamstrung all season. It's mostly that I've just had one or two big injuries that have that have come up. Okay, just to finish off then, Ben, um, in terms of your overall approach to fantasy hockey, um, I've mentioned already you seem to be a fairly moderate streamer. Um, is streaming part of your overall strategy in general? Streaming has to be a big part of any strategy, I would say. I'm in a I mentioned my keeper league earlier and I made a few moves early on in the season just because some teams were selling and there were some great value deals for for draft picks and I haven't really been able to stream in that league and it's so frustrating watching like Oliver Oliver Bjorkstrand types come up or you know Tyler Toffoli types and who is my drop I have no idea who I could drop to pick them up so I definitely love to stream I think I've just been very fortunate this year to have come out with you know you've mentioned that my my point total was quite high but through the first like eight weeks my points against total was also extremely low so it's not like I didn't deserve a strong record but I definitely also was getting some of the luck that maybe some of the tier one teams who are in the top 20 or top 30 but have a a record much closer to 500 they weren't quite getting that same sort of luck so I I haven't just had to stream quite as much as usual maybe in the cupful this year just because my team a lot of a lot of bets have worked out uh, shouts out to Jesse Severe for that. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a good year for me. I'm I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm in right now. Great. And then in terms of your how how does your week on week look? Do you have a busy time of week maybe around the Sunday and Monday? I've asked this of a couple of people, and that seems to be the consensus that you know Saturday coming into Sunday, you're looking at your plan for next week. Do you plan maybe a week or two ahead? It really depends on my matchup. I think I um, so you have such a phenomenal spreadsheet uh, for the Cupful and all of the divisions. I have my own personal spreadsheet that I try and keep up with just, you know, the last four weeks of performances and just try and keep tabs on which teams I need to be targeting, which teams I need to be looking ahead to on the schedule. So I just try and keep all of those factors in mind. You know, sometimes I have a couple of holes because I've got injuries. And in that case, yeah, I'm making moves for next week and I'm making moves for this week. But I, I just try and be flexible. I think that's the best rule rather than rather than just saying like oh on Saturday now I make my Monday move or on on Friday I'm making two moves to get two players on a back to back over the weekend I just think it's really important to to try and be very flexible and roll with whatever you get dealt in fantasy 
Absolutely, great advice. Um, in terms of a new fantasy player, then, if somebody was new to the Cupful, maybe they're starting out in Tier 5, would you have any one piece of advice that you could give them that you think might uh, steady the ship a little bit in their first year? Uh, I've been thinking about this quite a bit recently. I think that your spreadsheet is a great resource in the way of watching player ownership. And honestly, I would keep an eye on the Tier 1 divisions. Like, I do anyway, just because I have a lot of friends in that division, so I tend to check in and see, oh, what's going on in Tier 1, where, you know... Who's not following Dave Benton's season, for example? So yeah. I, I think that if I was in Tier 5, if I was a new fantasy owner, I think that watching what those, what those Tier 1 owners are doing would be really helpful uh, to learn just sort of what players are, are being picked up and, and who I should be watching. That, that would be my advice. Yeah, so for those people who don't know about Dave Benton's season, he is currently 11th of 14 in Tier 1 Sweden, despite having more fantasy points than the teams in first and second. So it's a really crazy season for him. And he had to deal with uh, Claude Giroux getting dropped and added to his opposition team just last week. (laughs) It just gets from bad to worse. Just to finish off then, Ben, uh, it's a question I've asked of all the people who I've interviewed so far. Do you have one favorite all-time fantasy hockey player? Maybe somebody who's helped you out of a tight spot or just somebody who you tend to target year on year? Oh, okay. So somebody that I end up having on a lot of my teams. Um... I end up with Kyle Palmieri constantly <laughs> in fantasy hockey. Um, he's just been so good in so many categories, that, and he gets undervalued being on a team that people tend to forget about, I think, in New Jersey. So he's been a guy yep. that I've, I've ended up with in a ton of drafts. Uh, the other one that I should mention is Mika Zibanejad. I've been on him since he came over to New York, and he's been solid value every single year that he's been in the league. So th- those would be the two that I have on a ton of rosters every single year. Absolutely. Zabanajad is definitely my MVP of the season. I got him 83rd and 88th in two of my preseason drafts, and I'm just so, so, so happy with him. Yes, that's awesome. Okay, listen, Ben, thank you very much for taking the time out to chat to me today. Uh, We really appreciate your your stellar work at the Short Shifts uh, podcast, and we really enjoy listening to yourself and Lewis twice a week chatting about what's going down in between the Elan and Brian podcast so uh, much appreciated uh, we want to I want to speak on behalf of everybody by saying thank you for that and we look forward to uh, seeing how you progress in the rest of the season with your team Tuca and Bertie in tier two in San Jose thank you so much Mark I'm really ecstatic to be on this show what you've done with it is amazing and it's always a fun listen so thank you so much uh, yourself you're 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 the best Okay, we're patting each other's backs here. Thanks. <laughs> Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again to Ben for coming on. I really enjoyed chatting to him, and I enjoyed the uh, Saturday streaming show after that as well. I hope some of you caught that. That's it for this week's show. I hope to be back next week with the regular season recap after game week 20, the final game week of the Cupful 2019-2020 season. And I hope to chat to you then. Ciao. Ciao.